internet and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Gavin Corner Podcast. We are Geek Slash Nerd Discussion Podcast. Where normally we take one topic from TV, movie, video, game, book, whatever we feel talking about that day, and we bat around until we get bored. I am, as always, your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Jared. Say bye, Jared. Hi, Jared. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no! Um, I'm not going through the whole intro again. That's fine. Um... Uh, hi, I'm uh, I'm finally being unleashed from my uh, my mirror dimension, where I am free to terrorize this movie to to my heart's extent. Yeah, today we are going to be reviewing uh, the uh, uh, reviewing Blue Beetle, not the Blue Beetle, um, which is the latest uh, live action entry from DC. Um, to my to. To my then knowledge, when we started uh, the spoiler-free review, I thought this it was this is going to be the last one uh, from the pre-gun uh, entries. But no, apparently we still got Aquaman two coming. Still got Aquaman two. Um, sure enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, did, did, are they going to like edit out the Amber Heard stuff or what? No, she's being she's staying in the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, it's been a it's been a while since the dying. I don't want to get into, uh, deep into the weeds on this, but um, you need to see like if if you were if any, people anybody who was really caught up in the the reality TV show that was the the Depp Heard trial. Um, now that the trial is over and uh, t- things have settled down, go back and find out the things that were unsealed from the trial after the trial ended. I mean, there's and, a, there's a full on documentary for it. Well, the documentary is also kind of shitty. Oh. Um, like, there's things to get into that I'm not going to, but, like, if you were like, oh, yeah, Justice for Johnny, no, you don't know what all was actually going on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Johnny was a saint. <laughs> um, no, there, there was a reason that he was already found, like, guilty in the, uh, in the British courts for uh, domestic abuse. Um, so... Uh, let's just let, I'm gonna end that there, and a lot of that stuff like was unsealed from the courts by Johnny's own fans, who then had to be like, "Oh, we shouldn't have petitioned for this." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Amber Heard's not as bad as you probably think she is. She just wasn't a perfect victim. Um, but moving on from that to this, which is going to be my victim. Uh-huh. So um, as we normally start um, our spoiler reviews, we'll first get into. <laughs> You know the, the the cinematic experience. Um, like uh, we we went and saw this movie at uh, about uh, three fifteen was our showing, I believe. It was actually a three o'clock showing. Oh, and uh, you told me three o'clock, and we arrived at like three twenty eight. Yeah, I mean we 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 were still there before the trailer started. No, before the trailers ended. Yeah, because we caught the last of the Paw Patrol one, and then it like cut into the movie. Yes. Um, um, well, we caught the last of the Paw Patroller, uh, uh, trailer, and then we saw the, uh, Willy Wonka trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I blocked that one out from my brain, because I yeah. think it's terrible looking. Because, you know, this, I know too much now. I, I've been burdened <laughs> with terrible knowledge about, uh, Willy Wonka, where I don't really want any more from that franchise. I don't understand why people are so fucking, you know, endeared to it that it needs to be, keep going. Guys, I loved the Willy Wonka movie when I was a kid, too, with fucking Gene Wilder. Uh, but by the time the Johnny Depp one came out, we were already internet savvy and, like, uh, consumer savvy enough to know that Roald Dahl had written, like, the Oompa Loompas to originally be, like, African slaves, like, African children. Like I didn't, I didn't think they were children. I knew they were, like, pygmies. Well, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, that's not better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's still a slave owner. Yeah. Um, and, like, you can look up what the original Oompa Loompas looked like. Uh, there's no real salvaging it now. Just in... The, the, hey, the old movies have already been made. If you really enjoy them, go and enjoy them. They didn't need to be making new things to, like, uh, help the doll estate out. Yeah. I mean, so, so one, he, one he's, a, he's a slave owner. One, the, two, the Oompa Loompas are racist caricatures. And three, he definitely killed those children. Yes. Um, now, uh, I will say, so walking up to the movie, uh, like, Pat goes to, and buys his ticket. I'm right behind him. And uh, uh, I did have a, a great little exchange with the person who was taking, who was doing the ticket taking, because I was like, uh, I was like, oh, um, uh, same showing as him. And she goes, oh, okay. Uh, do you guys want to sit together? And I said, no. Give me the seat. Uh, give put one seat between us. And she was like, are you sure? If you guys are going together, just go to like I can put you. I was like, no. We're big boys, and we don't need to be fighting over no uh, <laughs> uh, no armrest. Yeah. And she started laughing like, and was clearly trying not to. Um, but, uh, like, she, she never was able to say any other words after that. She just, like, was, like, drill, she was just basically, like, almost hyperventilating. She was, like, <laughs> the entire time she was handing me my ticket. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then Pat took off for the theater, but I saw that they still have the green apple, um, slushies, ices from, uh, squishies from, uh, from Ninja Turtles. And those shits are amazing. Oh. I didn't mention them when we, when me and Pat saw it, because I didn't, uh, I didn't get one then. I thought maybe you were trying to go for the blue beetle bucket. No, when I when I saw, uh, but when I went with Monica to see uh, Turtles, because I did go see it twice, um, I got the, uh, the 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 squishy the then, and that shit is amazing. They never need to get rid of that green apple. That that is like the best icy flavor at the theater we have, and. Uh, and I, I finished that fucking drink, and then the entire time I was like, I'm going to get another one before we leave. And I left the theater so mad, I threw away <laughs> my fucking cup. I threw away my fucking cup because I didn't want to carry anything with me. <laughs> so, that, that was my experience right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, let's get into the movie. Oh. Oh. I do want to say, because we're going to talk about theater experience, like, and this was just a huge, weird thing to me, um, the people clapped at the end of our movie. They did? You did not notice? Oh, no, I blocked it out. They clapped. Uh, th- yes, the people behind us in the theater clapped. Um, did, did somebody do, like, a proposal that we didn't see? Nope. <laughs> uh, they, uh... Because, uh, like, there, there were a couple moments in the movie where, like, the people behind us were really into it, especially in the third act. Like, when uh, when Grandma pulls out the fucking uh, Gatling gun, like, there were, like, it got some good laughs from our theater. Like, these people were into the movie. Okay. Um, and there is one thing that I want to say. Like, I didn't I didn't do this justice when we are talking about acting, when we are doing another review. And it's another thing that's on my mind, but it's not something that I'm, like, culturally knowledgeable enough to to say definitively. It's just me kind of grasping at straws as for like maybe this is going over my head. But 
they do talk about like uh, telenovelas and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in the movie, and maybe some of the things that I'm attributing to like overacting, maybe that's them playing into that part as part of the inclusivity for the movie. But it's not something I know anything about, so it's not anything I can judge the movie on. So if you were like seeing how the, how like I, I kept saying like the grandma was clearly overacting every part of her of her role, like maybe they're playing into like a uh, a thing that is like descriptive of that culture. I don't know that. I can't enjoy the movie from that aspect. I could be educated on it of like, hey, maybe this is better than you think it is, and I could accept that. It wouldn't change any of my problems with the writing or the visuals or the uh, or the soundtrack. But I could, I there are things I could learn to like respect for the movie if there were things that were going on that I didn't know about. Um, but it honestly, the movie just doesn't feel that high effort to me. Um, so I could be, I, there could be nothing there. Uh, I just wanted to say that before I just start hate talking about this movie. Like, I do accept that, like, sometimes those those things can come from, like, hey, I just didn't know about that because I'm not into that culture. Yeah. So, uh, we open with a, uh, with a, um... In Antarctica or the well, did they, place. they did the title sequence first, didn't they? Mm-mm. Oh. No. Um, then they... they we, we start op- in the cold. Yeah, we open in somewhere where it's cold. We start, we, we actually start with racism. Um... We do. We we start with Susan Sarandon like landing her jet or whatever, uh, and meeting up with who I'm going to call Sanchez Ignacio. Wait, Sanchez? Oh, yeah, Jose. Jose. Uh, he had a really long name, and the second he said more than like a a, a third name, I was like, I've lost this name forever. Well, it was it was its own joke. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, it's like what. Uh, it's like uh, Judy Cortez's joke from uh, uh, name from Spy Kids, where it's like is like five or six names long. But um, but the character who was uh, who was being racistly called Sanchez, I feel like this is like almost like a racist meter of like if I keep calling him like that, like am I just as bad as her? But it's what he was called throughout the entire movie, and then he declares his name passionately um, during a t- terribly mixed section. Where like a bunch of sparks and uh, electricity problems are going off, and I can barely fucking understand what he's saying. And then he like dies a minute later. Yeah. Um, oh god, it's so good to be in the spoiler section. <laughs> um, so yeah, in the someplace where it's cold, um, uh, Cord Industries is uh, <laughs> digging into a big ass fucking orb. Because uh, they're looking for that they've pulled out of the snow entirely. Yeah, they didn't just like drill down into it. They've lifted this motherfucker up out the ice. <laughs> and they mentioned that they've done this like ten other times. Yes, and they've been looking for it for fifteen years. And the and the 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 orb that they pulled out is like as big as like a building. Yeah. So, but they're digging into it because they need they they're. <laughs> They're looking for the scarab because they said Cord hit it, presumably in these big ass orbs. Um, how? How and why? Uh, was never answered to my satisfaction. Did the, I? Don't, I didn't remember them saying in that scene that Ted Cord had hid them. She meant she mentions that that Cord hid it hid it away. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I just missed that. Like, uh, I, when I watched it, I just caught, like, 
oh, we've been looking for them for 15 years. Um, and then later on it was revealed that, like, Ted had access to the fucking thing first, and but they never get into, like, him hiding it, why he hid it, or any of the things that just, like, led up to that. Like, because it doesn't... Cause, Part of the uh, part of the setup for the movie is Ted Core disappeared 15 years ago. Yes. They never explain why. Um, it's a big mystery left throughout the entire movie. Um, but also, based off of the stinger for the movie, it doesn't seem like he intentionally disappeared. Because barring from the mo- numerous movies that it ripped off, as we mentioned in the uh, previous uh, review in the pre- in our spoiler free review, he might as well have been trapped in the fucking quantum My- realm. Yeah, I was gonna say in the microverse. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is what it feels like. But, yeah, so, they're, they're in the, some snowy tundra looking for the fucking scarab. Um, and I'm just gonna bring this up now. Uh, the reason that they need a scarab, I don't understand. No, I don't um, either. I pre- actively pre- don't understand they, it. What they, what they tell us is that they need some code from the scarab in order to utilize the OMAC project, which is a project that they already had built and were commercializing. Like, there were, on TV, you saw commercials for the OMAC core. If you're at commercialization, you've already hit military money. Because we're America, we don't give shit to the civilian populace first. It goes to our Department of Warheads on Foreheads called DARPA. They weren't, uh, they actually weren't being commercialized. That was a test commercial that she, like a test, like, um, uh, display that she had set up. It was in her office. They weren't being commercialed on, like, regular television. Uh, this was her selling, this was her pitch to the government. Oh. Yeah, that that I can I can definitely say. Um, now, is that going to make any of this make any more sense? No, no. Because um, why the hell do you need an alien scarab for Earth technology? Why do you need alien scarab code? Because they keep saying that the because what they find out is how do you is, know it's code? How do you know it's code that you can even understand? Um, how would it be compatible with anything we have on Earth? Because here's the other thing. So Ted had the scarab, and from all from everything we can gather, because we don't know. We, this is how this is the history of the movie as we know it. We know that originally, um, the, originally the scarab that chose this guy named Dan Garrett, uh, but we don't know it, anything about him, just based off of this movie. Yeah, we don't know anything about him in this movie, and that he gave the scarab to Ted. So at at some point he died. Yeah, presumably. Um, and uh, Ted couldn't interact with the scarab. But I was I was going to go even further back than that. We know that Court Industries was founded by Ted's grandfather. Uh, and, I don't know if he was ever named. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, and uh, Vicky uh, Cord. Yes. Um, who was uh, Ted's sister? Yes. And um, and so they they ran the company together um, until their until his father died. Sorry, his father died, and then um, and then he left the entire company to Ted. Somehow, somehow he just cut her out of the company entirely, and when he died. Uh, uh, Cord gave up all of its military applications. Like Cord Industries gave up all of its military applications. So Ted was not studying the Scarab for military applications. 
So the idea that um, Vicky uh, or them had any I had any idea about use of the thing for military applications is ludicrous. Like where would the where would if if the Omec is the is like being built on the foundation of the Scarab technology, they never had any study for it. Because why would Ted have like designed out how it works in that capacity? He wouldn't. Like he may have would have studied like how it worked and all that because it's alien technology, but he wouldn't have been like drawing up blueprints or anything based off of like his projected thoughts. Also, it's alien technology. It probably uses materials not found on Earth. It clearly, it's clearly has some. It clearly has a sentience that is well established. So it is a living thing, even if it's living technology. Yeah. And um, and so whatever this code means is absolute hog shit because also the Omex suits that she devises, um, when they get the code, are able to then, like, go full, like... It looks like like a Red Beetle, essentially. Um, that's what I was calling him by the end of the movie was Red Beetle. Um, like, and... I mean, honestly, he just looks like the previous Omex just with more shit on him. Yes. Um, like, but... He has shoulder pads now. But... <laughs> How was she able to build the technology for the Omex that couldn't do everything? Like it, because the technology is go is is going to be restricted by what we can actually build. You know, like if I take an iPhone back uh, two hundred years, those technologies still exist on Earth. We have no idea how to create them, though. The pro the industries and all that aren't there for the like micro. Uh, transistors and everything else that would be like needed to build the fucking phone. So, and that's once again, we're just talking on Earth in a time discrepancy era. This thing is a, like they call it a world destroying weapon. It's supposed to be so powerful. And, um, and for some reason, the code on it allows the Earth technology that she developed to be better than it is. It's like, it's like the aliens in, in, Independence Day being brought down by Windows ninety seven. Well, more specifically, it's like uh, it's like saying, um, well, if I transfer some of the code from my PS five onto my PS one, because the code is now in there, the hardware of that PS one should now be able to run, run PS five games. It's like no, you're using an inferior hardware. The Omec by design has to be inferior hardware. Yeah. Um, the code means nothing to it. This plot line is stupid. This movie is stupid. It doesn't understand its own science fiction. Yeah. And we haven't even discussed anything inside the movie itself. Jaime hasn't even entered into this movie and we're already bogged down in just how the villains, like fucking stupid plan works. And that's not even what's going to get into the fact that the Omec, because you see in their design ops, like in the, in the display that she had, uh, the commercial, um, it's supposed to be surgically implanted into humans. In their spine. Yeah. Um, so that means the, the government... The same place to scare bonds to. Yeah, so essentially the government would be buying these, implanting, implanting them onto soldiers. Uh, uh, our soldiers... And then when those people finish their, you know, tours of duty or what have you, um, and once again, like, we're not even in, like, active wars. 
we're like we're not even talking about like active active like marine like like ground warfare fighting right now at least not in our world maybe in theirs i don't know um and uh like and so these soldiers come home I mean, from their tours and then just have this like have this millions of dollars of technology embedded into their bodies i mean for the world of this movie they're needing to this this is a this is a superhero a superhuman arms race. Bialya has a has a, has Black Adam. Uh, Superman is unchecked. So, I mean, we we actually don't really even know those things. We know that Batman exists to the very least because once again we know it's that Batman hard. exists because he's named. We know that Superman exists because he's named. We can presume that Black Adam exists because they uh, mine the Prometheum uh, from Bialya to make the Omax. That was brought up in the in the commercial. Yeah, um, but but once again, we like is this like because we still don't even know what this is actually part of. If this is part of the remake world or the or what have you, because I don't know if Flash was if like uh, Flash was supposed to be like a big remake, and the the Batman they're talking about isn't George Clooney. Um, but I'm not willing to watch that movie to find out if that's what ties in better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So, who fucking knows? Like, maybe maybe that was a thing in Flashpoint that, like, or Flash, that, like, we're now in a different universe and that movie is canon and that's just how it is right now. But that also means that from going going forward, the Batman is going to be George Clooney and that just seems preposterous. Wait, is, Bat- is George Clooney the Batman at the end of Flash? Yeah. Oh, so it's not, it's not uh, Affleck or Keaton? No, it's George Clooney. Oh, okay. Like, uh, he finishes, uh, I'm sorry to have to tell you that. Uh, he finishes all of his, I didn't hate Clooney all, as all of his, uh, time chicanery and he gets out to go meet it with Bruce and it's George Clooney. And it's just kind of like, uh Oh, SpaghettiOs. And it's like a joke stinger, um, for some purpose. Uh, okay. Uh, actually, I'm not going to stinger. I think that might, that might be how the movie actually ends. I don't know. Once again, I haven't watched it. I just know that Matt Clooney's in it. Um, and he's at the end of the movie after all the time chicanery has stopped. But, um, but yeah, so, yes, the, yeah, you can say there's a superhuman arm race, but once again, like, like the American military isn't conscripting Americans to fight for their entire lives with millions of dollars of technology embedded into their spine. Like, you could say that, like, oh, she's selling it to the other, the amorphous other side for more money. Sure, I guess. Oh no, she was, she was gonna sell it to to Americans. Um, I mean, cause we know she was actually. Yeah, there was an American. She, there was American general uh, at her at her, you know, wine and cheese party. Well, she also said that it was gonna be used to replace police. That's also in the presentation. Yeah, that it's it's gonna replace police forces. You can you can you can beat you can beat down a lot of uppity blacks with that with that suit. <laughs> um. Well, they were more concerned with Hispanics in Palmera, but yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's the issue of geography more than anything. <laughs> God damn it! Um, but yeah, so everything about this plan is stupid. Yeah, it's also Iron Man 2's plot. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I hey I, I said <laughs> I said in the spoiler in the in the spoiler free review that you just take a bunch of the uh, tropes of the uh, 
you know, last ten years of the of the MCU, this movie is basically just cribbing from those. I mean, it's Iron Man two slash Ant Man, obviously with the yellow jacket suits, but um, uh, but like a little bit Iron Man two because like you have Whiplash like with his unperfected arc reactor technology. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, horseshit, horseshit, horseshit. Um. Yeah, none of the villainous part of this movie makes any sense. Also, apparently, and maybe you can clarify for this. Uh, so, like, she has her number two, what, what we called, um, like, uh, uh, Danny Trefo. Yeah, his uh, actual name is Ignacio. <laughs> um, I'm going with Danny Trefo. Um, like, F-A-U-X. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, like, the entire movie... Like, he clearly has something going on deep inside of him. Um, like, some type of hidden backstory that they get to at the end of the movie, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because, like, you find out that, like, he's... Well, no, they're still, they're still rip, ripping off uh, Marvel tropes. He's called it Witch. I was going to say that, like, his, his memories have been manipulated. But they never go into any type of technology or... Anything they never explain how his memories were manipulated. Yeah, like apparently he was taken as a child, and then Ignacio was like used in a bunch of experiments to be like the first Omec. Um, but it never once explains how she was able to perfectly manipulate his memories to make her like to make him a fully subservient dog for her. It just want it just hand waves it like it's not even brought up until it's being solved, like you, like. It's it's not like a twist. It's just never brought up at all um, until like he's about to die, and then the scarab goes, "Oh, when we were connected, I was able to un- uh, uh, I was able to uh, unlock his memories," and then it like shows him and Jaime his actual memories, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and apparently that that for- forces him to change his mind about everything. Um, but also don't understand why the why the scarab all of a sudden gave a fuck about the no kill rule. Oh, when I told uh, I told Ryan about the movie a little bit because I was venting because I was very mad about it last night. Uh, the end, the movie will end because uh, once again we're in fucking spoiler. We can just talk about whatever the fuck we want to. If yeah. it's not have to be in order. This is the garbage train fire of a movie. This is a garbage train fire of us talking about it. Because because like the the normal narrative arc for for Jaime and Kajida. They are bonded. There's a there there there's a uh, integration process of you know b- of the scarab not wanting to listen to Jaime's instructions. Eventually, the scarab uh, you know comes to respect Jaime, and then they're more they're more or less like the Venom symbiote. Yes. You know. But the but that never super but the 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 scarab never like. Like is fully subservient. Yeah, it's not an AI like Jarvis that just does whatever he wants. Like the Scarab is the Scarab, you know, it knows it's a weapon. It knows I got a bunch of shit in here to dust motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, the Scarab Jaime is the is the is the humanity aspect. He's the one who goes. No, we restrain people. We 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 don't kill people. We save people. Um, yes, you're a weapon, but I'm going to use you to do good. Um. And the and Kaji dies like you know what all right you know I'm j- I'm just on you till you die fucko. 
Um, the 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 scarab is never the one going. No, we shouldn't kill people. Yeah, uh, I told Ryan that like the the scarab actually prevents him from killing Ignacio, and he was like, "Excuse me, that's the scarab's favorite thing to do." Yeah, like like I'd already been talking to them about the movie for like thirty minutes, and he goes, like, if, "That's the most bullshit thing you said to me this entire time." Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> if, you, if you've ever seen the, the season two of Young Justice where Blue Beetle is a major player, it you hear the inner monologue of of, of Jaime talking to Kajida. Kajida's first three suggestions every time are lethal. <laughs> is most lethal, more lethal, lethal, and then non-lethal. Um, yeah, so it didn't make sense for Kajida to give a fuck about like sparing this guy uh, in the first place. And then it just... like why, why unlock his memories? Like, was he... The, the Scarab doesn't really seem to understand people very well, so I don't know why it, it gave too far. It never explains how it was even done in the first place. And that's a big hand wave. Yeah. In, well, in, the, in the movie, like their integration moment happens off screen. is And it's not from anything that the Scarab or Jaime do. It's basically a get-your-shit-together speech that his mom gives him. Yeah. It's like she... she his, his mother... You know, basically grabs him by the face and 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 then yells at the blue beetle symbol on his chest and says, "You two need to work together." After that, they are fully integrated, and he is able to use the scarab to complete ease. Well, the the thing is, even before that, they're never actually in conflict. Um, the scarab isn't like uh, isn't like no fuck you, uh, Reyes. The Scarab is, is mostly like an AI that's going through the steps of rebooting itself. Yeah. And so, like, when he's giving it commands, it's not like, no, I want to do this. It's like, it's going, no, this is what we're supposed to do. Um, versus, like, every other narration I've ever seen personally, which was, again, not a huge amount of experience, but every version I've always seen has been like, no, it is sentient. It has a will. Its will is to kill. Um, not that it's it's a mindless like killing machine, and it's just like killing's what we do. So that's for that's what I'm gonna say to you. Like no, like like the the beetle was very much just like, and we murder him now, and he was like, no, we don't. And it was like, okay, well then what do we do? But Jaime didn't know how to really talk to it very well. Like it was a it was a communication issue, not a clashing personalities issue. Is what it kind of boils down to. Yeah. Because also, like the, the 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 scarab is very like non-responsive in this movie. To, yeah, it, it to, ignores them a lot. Yeah, like in the normally in in representation of blue a blue beetle is more like the Venom symbiote. Jaime can just talk to Kajira. Um, he sometimes he he won't realize that he can talk to Kajira in his head, so it looks like Jaime is just talking to himself. Which is what they do in the movie. He yeah. never realizes he can do it in the in the movie. Yeah, but like you know, Kajida is a character. It has its own input input and agendas. Um, but yeah. So getting back to this movie, um, Jaime comes from college. We're at the very fucking beginning. the The Blue Beagle logo has just happened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's from that title sequence that you learn that. Uh, Cord has gone missing. Yeah. Uh, so he is he is missing, presumed dead. 
uh, and that Vicky took over the company, and that she restart re- she reinstated all of their like military operations. Yeah. So Jaime's back uh, back home from Gotham. Um, he greets his parents. Uh, they go to get tacos. Um, they reveal that you know they've not told him about all the family drama that's happened since he went to went to college. Uh, which is immediately devastating for him. He doesn't like any part of it. Yeah. Um, and he sets determination, you know what, I'm going to use this fucking degree that I worked so hard for and get me a good job and we'll be, we'll be out of here in five years. Um, it, he doesn't. He's working like at a resort somewhere. Uh, he's, he's cleaning um, Vicky Cord's house. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, he, he just becomes a house cleaner, and uh, this is another issue I have later on in the movie. Uh, me and Pat talked a little bit about Mook uh, morality uh, after the movie without trying to like talk about the movie itself too much. But uh, I feel this movie this this part ties into it pretty strongly. Of Jaime is a help is a hired help uh, at uh, Vicky Cord's estate, uh, cleaning things up. Um, he ends up. Uh, his sister wants to take a shit in their luxury bathroom, and uh, Jaime ends up being lookout and sees Jenny Cord come in and have a heated conversation with Vicky, and uh, and Vicky halfway seems to like be sicking Ignacio on her, and is like, "Hey, man, that's not cool," and gets fired. Yeah. Uh, Jenny thinks how that, d- how dare this fucking beaner talk to me. Uh, yeah, they actually even make a point of saying, like, oh, you know, to these people, like, we're not really people, we're invisible. Like, they don't really see the hired help. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, but Jenny sees him and offers him to help him out and get him a job at Cord Towers. For some reason. That makes, it, it actually makes less sense the more you think about it, especially given that her plan the next day to be at Cord Towers is to steal the scarab. Yeah. Um, now, I will say, probably one of the few things that I actually j- truly enjoyed in the movie was there's a big burger, uh, a big belly burger reference in the movie, and that made me happy. Also, uh, that looked like a really good burger. Uh, big belly burgers always look like really good burgers. Yeah. Uh, they look like they'll kill you, and they will. Don't get it wrong. Yeah. Um... But like, I'll be honest. I've wanted to eat a big belly burger ever since I saw ever since I saw them in uh in in Flash and uh, Arrow. In the shows? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were in those shows. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, I don't know. That's where how they're... that's how I first heard of them. Oh, um, they're they're prominent in in the Hitman comics. Ah. I they might actually be from Garthenus. Like Garthenus might have made up Big Belly Burger as a burger joint in Gotham, but it's where uh it's where uh yeah Hitman goes and eats all the time. Oh okay. Uh, <laughs> good, good for Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so like that's so like seeing it in the big movie made me be like, oh, that's awesome. Hitman's never gonna fucking show up, but this is awesome. Um, never say never. You know, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought we got a fucking Blue Beetle movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but um, yeah, so like that was a nice little Easter egg. But yeah, her telling him like, hey, come by, because he texts her. That he's going to be coming by. Yep. And so for her entire plan to just be haphazardly sneak into the tower, why? 
that doesn't make any sense. Once again, the movie sets a thing up, makes a whole big deal, a whole fucking show of because uh, Jaime he's uh, hems and haws about like whether or not to send her a text, um, and like he has a little talk with his dad, where his dad gives him this whole like um, like speech about like they're on a journey and no- nothing they're they're doing is a destination and blah blah blah, and that's what makes Jaime be like you know what. Clicks in the text yep. to tell her that I'm going to be coming to the uh, to the tower. So, like, there's it, a lot of buildup for her clearly not wanting to be there. Like, her there only going there with the purpose of stealing this thing that she clearly wasn't intending Jaime to be in on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she managed to get the scarab and place it into a uh, Big Belly Burger box. Uh, and then when he bumps into her... Uh, and also, he, like... He does, like, a bunch of, like, uh, parkour trying to, like, catch up with her. And um, there's security cameras all over this building and, like, uh, other people who were there who were clearly, you know, like, professional serious types who were watching this kid, like, jump across, like, elevators and stuff and down escalators. Um, Like, honestly, like, not a great impression to make uh, when you're... Like you're, tearing you're ass. looking for you're looking for a job here. Like, yeah, and like that's like not the most professional look. Like his like his family already kind of made an ass out of themselves outside, um, and, and a thing that they could have done before they arrived, literally at the building. Um. Uh, instead, they like do a whole fucking show of support yeah. for him before he even walks in. This is why I said they reminded me of the fucking Witwickies from yeah, Transformers. Yeah, no, that, that's the scene I started, when you were like, they're the Witwickies, I was like, oh yeah, that's the scene I'm thinking about. I'm like, oh yeah, that's like that's like when the Witwickies are at college and uh, his mom eats a pot brownie and then gets really horny and starts tackling people. Yeah. Um, where it's like, none of that's how any of that works. Um... But it, but uh you know she he she manages to hand off the the burger box to Jaime and you know tell him not to open it and she leads security away basically trying to you know gaslight them that yeah this this place needs to be locked down Jaime takes the fucking burger home and his family starts giving him immediate shit about it and they're like open it up open it up open it up and they start chanting at him and he's like no. She told, and like they don't know. Hey, maybe she's an eccentric fucking billionaire, and this is a test to see if he can be trusted. Like they really don't know what's going on here, and because uh, uh, let you know, like a lot of fucking people who are like super super rich, they are off their fucking rocker. Yeah. Um, uh, and but Jaime opens it up, and they they see the scarab inside of it, and he was also told to never touch it and protect it with his life, like. Once again, these could all be actual parts of, like, a strange millionaire who just wants to see if, like, uh, this weird person uh, is actually serious about doing whatever he's told. Yep, so they, they immediately open it, open it up. Luckily, the scarab is programmed to bond to the third Mexican to touch it, uh, <laughs> which happens to be Jaime. Because they all, like, just immediately start picking it up and fucking with it. Yeah, first, first uh, his sister Milagro picks it up, then uh, Rudy picks it up. Then uh, Jaime snatches it from Rudy. Uh, it activates, face hugs him, then crawls around his, onto his back and up his ass. Um, um, before that, um, 
I know we're dealing with something that wasn't real. I know that the scare was not a practical effect. I know all of these things. Watching Jaime with a thing latched onto his face, never once touching his, his face, face. Yeah. is extremely strange. Uh, it never sell like he does not sell the moment at all. Um, because if something was hugging onto my mouth and face fucking me, um, I'm gonna grab that thing. Um, I'm not just gonna let. I'm not gonna be like somebody get over here and hurry. Like, like at least give it a give it an experimental tug to see if you can get it off your face. Yeah, he doesn't do that at all. Like his arms are constantly splayed out to like the furthest parts. I guess because like they were like we don't know how this is gonna look in CG yet. Uh, so just make sure your arms aren't gonna interrupt whatever we do for the CG. Um, and it looks awkward and it looks bad. Um, so, uh, it, it, but it does crawl up his ass. Yeah. It crawls up his ass and, uh, you know, somehow there's a straight (laughs) shot from your colon to your spine. Um, Oh, it tore through things. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, he, the scarab does give him a healing factor, uh, which we, we do see later. It's a slow healing factor too. That actually kind of, uh, got me a little bit. Yeah. So he's, 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 he's. It's a good. It's a good thing that you know that the scarab also also destroys whatever clothes that he's wearing when it activates because uh, those pants were full of blood. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's a good thing. It's definitely a choice they made to make his uh, clothes dissolve. Yeah. Uh, at the approach of the scarab. Because also that's another that's another complete movie original that does not happen with his clothes in the comics. Uh, yeah, or they, any of the animated adaptations. But they really, really wanted him to be naked a lot in this movie, yeah. and always make jokes about his naked body. I, w- I was really kind of hoping that, like, once he got to the part where he could, you know, use it fairly competently, I thought, like, you know, it would be like, oh, he can now use it without destroying his clothes. He destroys the clothes he wears to his father's funeral. Yeah. Um, because he flies off to go get laid. Um, and I'm like, man, that feels tacky. Like, I don't, I don't care that he went off to go get laid. Like, but destroying the clothes that you wore to the funeral for it? I mean, his, his family was right there cheering him on. Yes, but to be fair, uh, he had to fly away because, uh, if they went into the house, they'd be, like, inside of his room cheering him on. Probably. They're very supportive. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he, he flies out of there. He bursts. Actually, uh, his clothes is off, but he bursts out of his shoes. Yeah. Um, which feels even crueler. Um, so he, this is where they have the, the this. Same with him. He flies up the atmosphere a la Iron Man 1. Um, you know, he, he looks around at the, uh, at the earth before him a la Black Adam. Um, or Man of Steel. I think it's like I like those shots, but like it definitely was one of the things where it was like, oh, this feels uninspired, not yeah. original. Uh, I've seen then, these things before. Then he goes careening through the city like Shazam. <laughs> um, and at one point they have a uh, a drug use joke of these three guys uh, who seem. I guess they took Molly, and they're wondering why it hasn't kicked in yet. 
and then a blue beetle man stand, uh, lands on the street uh, in front of them. And cuts them both in half. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I think it's kicking in. And it's like, that's not how drugs work. They you wouldn't... Would, you wouldn't all be seeing the same thing. Yeah. That's lazy. That 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 is that is the modern day equivalent of one of them had a uh, was brown paper bag in it and uh, looked over over at the at the bottle and then poured it out. Yeah. Um, like it's a joke you can let go, guys. Like it it wasn't. It's not ever funny anymore. Like you had to really fucking put a twist to it. Um, to make it like halfway bearable. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, I gotta say this, um, like, I was already kind of on the fence about the Reyes family, about, like, I liked the dad, I think I always liked the dad, but everybody else was too much of a cartoon. Yeah. And when they basically force him to open up the box and then fuck around with the beetle until, I was like, I was like, at that point in the movie, I was like, if any of you die, It's your own damn fault. I was like, it's because you started this chain of events... By not just minding your fucking business. Yep. I was like, you are you have brought this upon yourselves. When somebody told you protect this thing with your life, it's it's dangerous, blah blah blah, and you're like joking around. Like at that point, it's literally like like if I gave like if I told my five year old the only thing you know about this thing is that it's dangerous. Do not touch it. And then the five-year-old walks over to the grenade, walks over to a grenade, and pulls the pen on it. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm. Uh, Jenny's at, at fault for giving it to them, but like, they they should have known. That I've only been told two things. <laughs> it's dangerous. Don't touch it. Yeah. Don't even look at it. Um. So. Um. And then, I know that they really like that shot of him cutting that bus in half. Uh, I'm a big guy. If I'm sitting on a bus, I'm probably my my leg is probably sitting out in the middle of that aisle. I've oh, lost you, oh, my you leg. lost that leg. Yeah. I lost my fucking leg. Yeah, like they're lucky that bus was filled with like children and thin people. Yeah, um, and that being the bus from Shang Chi, <laughs> um, devastating. Yes, <laughs> like Shang Chi actually had a pretty diverse mix of people. Shang Chi had a pretty diverse mix of people inside of that bus of like various body types and stuff like that. Um and no the <laughs> they would have been just like me <laughs> um uh and I don't really get the like this love of a lot of times like when people are showing off their super abilities at first like because because unless it just happens to be that like they're doing it at night and a crime is occurring they always ends up being used on civilians or passers by. Or maybe a guy who's just being a little bit of an asshole. <laughs> but, like, I'm not really a big fan of that. Uh, I don't like that kind of, like, weird shit that they do. Like, him cutting the bus in half is a... It's it's a cool effect shot. Um, it also makes me immediately be like, okay, if the government came in and was like, I'm sorry, kid, you have to die because you're a danger to everybody, I can't necessarily be like, no, they're wrong. Yeah. Like the, your first day with the, your first day with the scarab, you crash into a bunch of pillars on a on a on a bridge. It's probably going to collapse, killing who knows how many people. Yeah. Um, and then you cut a bus in half. And it's not like you stuck around to help the people that the bus got cut in half on. You just flew off. Yeah. Like, just no. 
but yeah, so he 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 eventually makes it back home. Um, uh, he he passes out. Yeah, and uh, and his fan uh, he wakes up naked. Well, he was he actually passed out naked, and then he woke up and was still naked, and um, and man, this movie really really liked showing that dude naked. Yeah. Uh, he, and and he's like, all right, I'm gonna go get answers. Steals his uncle's truck and drives to uh, Jenny's house, um, where he sees her sneaking out because she is being pursued um, by Victoria's uh, mooks because she, she is in a completely different movie. Yeah, um, and he like drives up next to her like while she's like on the street. It's one of those things where it's like this feels too. Convenient. Well, there was a more convenient way to do this movie, and sadly, it requires balls that they don't have. What's that? Jenny keeps the scarab. Jaime is driving up to talk to her as Victoria's guys, uh, you know, go at her with guns. Either they kill her or she drops the scarab. It falls. Jaime picks it up, and then he bonds the Blue Beetle. Then that, you have Blue Beetle using his powers on guys that are trying to kill him. Yes. Yeah, that would have been better. Uh, the movie doesn't have those kind of balls. Yeah. Uh, the movie was very protective of Jenny, who was like a cardboard cutout of a woman that uh, had a hole cut into her midsection. Yeah. And a wet sponge taped to the face. Because one, because one of the other, one of the other interesting bits about you know Jaime, Jaime is in DC Comics is the third Blue Beetle. Um, he got it. He got a scarab after the after Ted Cord died. So one, he's a legacy character. Two, he's a legacy character to uh, to a to a legacy of, of a guy who died, whose friends expect you to live up to that. Um, so you know, so he, he so he has a, he has a lot of fucking unearned baggage that he brings to to his mantle, um, and there there was some meat there to tell a story. This movie does none of that. No. Um, uh, once I also uh, if we're if we're gonna editorialize the movie, uh, I want to say I think the better way that they could have uh, introduced Jaime was. Uh, he just got back from a like magnet school. Like he just graduated from a magnet school, military school, some type of like boarding school that he had like gotten accepted into was going to give him a bunch of opportunities into the world. He's eight he's seventeen slash eighteen years old, having just graduated from a high school, is looking forward into the future. We have a younger Jaime um, who can be the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, like full of hope character, um, without being the college grad who should have already, who just got out of Gotham and has already seen some shit, yeah. but still plays like he's a child um, who doesn't already have like the crushing expectations of the world placed upon him. Um, I think that is actually how they should have taken Jaime was he just got back from some type of school that he had earned or that maybe his parents even had to pay for, but it was like, hey, you have the intelligence, you have everything going for you, we want to see you succeed, um, so this is what we're doing. And uh, and even then, coming back, like, at that point, uh, it could be, you know, uh, things have gone bad because they've been paying for his schooling or something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be like his dad had a goddamn heart attack. 
Yep. And they just didn't tell him about it. But yeah, so he so the bad guys shoot up uh, Rudy's truck as uh, Jaime and Jenny drive back to Jaime's house. For really a nothing scene of like her of her meeting the family. It's just so they can pick up Rudy, so that Rudy can be at the estate scenes. Yeah, um, I, I guess that's that's all that really changes. Um, in theory, they could have just gone to the estates, but then they don't have anybody to shit all over the the piss poor romance scene that they were that they were building up. So, um, Jaime asks if there's like a way to get the scarab off, and like Jenny tells them that there's a key back at Court Industries. And uh, and what she means is she doesn't fucking know. She's literally grasping at straws and leading them on um, in a way that could have amounted to absolutely jack and shit. Yeah. Uh, the key was uh, ends up being the key the to... Key, the key is a literal key in the secretary's desk um, that opens up a figurative key, uh, to which is uh, Cord's old watch. Yes, which will allow uh, them to get into his Blue Beetle stuff uh, back at his mansion. Um, but on the way back, they encounter Omek for the first time, and um, they have a fight that I 100% just never believed. Didn't believe it at all. Um, you can't spend the opening of the movie telling me how powerful this thing is, how it's a world-ending weapon, but, like... He can't take as much damage as Hawkman could. I mean, the Scarab never really gets visibly damaged. Jaime does inside of it, though. Which made me be like, okay, is that a helmet? Is it protecting his face? Is it armor? Like, what is what? How, what is the transference here? Um, because Jaime is getting, like, bruised and, and, and beaten up in cuts. Yeah. And those are impact cuts on his face. Which is funny because he deals out similar damage to the Omec and Ignacio's fine. Yeah. Um, arguably he dealt more damage um, and Ignacio was fine. But once again, like uh, the hits that Ignacio are putting out don't seem particularly strong compared to the other things we've already seen in the DCEU. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, if I'm judging this on just the standalone movie, I still don't think they're that hard for just a superhero movie. Like, they're, they're like tossing car level around kind of shit while they're both in full fucking armor. That full fucking armor has to count or it doesn't count. You have to pick a lane. Um, this is where, like, uh, uh, Jaime has him dead to rights. The Scarab tells, uh, tells him to kill him, to neutralize the threat. Jaime says no. We don't kill. Uh, we don't kill people. Yes, and then Ignacio takes the law, the L, really personally, and gets up and acts like he was always superior, um, in a way that I'm like, what's I never bought because I was like, okay, why is this suit so proficient already? If it's this good, if the thing that is a is the cheap imitation is able to at any level completely defeat the thing that it's supposed to be that's supposed to be the master of it then you don't need it anymore then you don't then you've already completed the prototype yeah like set that stake because honestly hey it's not a bad take it's not a bad thing for storytelling if ignacio was the underdog in that fight 
uh, he lost, and then like he comes back and he's become like and when later on in the movie he goes full what I'm still calling Red Beetle, like, um, like like that could be cool. That's a cool setup. That like oh no the, the Beetle suit was just so strong and kept him so protected that uh, he was essentially untouchable. Then at the end of the movie when he's vulnerable. You have oh shit stakes at play. Um, knowing that he got beat already was like, wow, you literally said this is a world destroying weapon. This thing doesn't seem like it, it could defeat streets. Yeah. Like Danny would just whoop his ass. Yeah, like th- this. This feels like this is like Ant Man level like shit. Um, not like like Superman, the Justice League level shit. Um, cause, uh, cause he gets up and he then proceeds to full on just molly wop, uh, you know, blue beetle, um, and is about to, uh, curb stomp him and literally pulls him onto a curb. Yeah. Curb stomp him. Like, I was actually getting visibly excited. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie either. I was like, oh man. Like, even if they doesn't kill him, just the shot of him stomping, stomping. on the curb would have been fucking something. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, god damn. Like that, once again, movie didn't have that kind of balls. Instead, Ignacio does this weird thing where he throws uh, the weird signal disruptor he had in his truck uh, at Red Beetle. Yeah, he doesn't like Fast and Furious shit. Yeah. Uh, And then Jaime stumbles his way out uh, to escape together. And once again is naked and Jenny gets to see his dong. Uh, they they flee to the court estate uh, that has been fallen into disrepair. Uh, there's a lot of pink flamingos around, though. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> I guess. I, I, there was a lot of things that were just like weird set dressing, and I was like, I was like, okay, Ted Cord was not a billionaire; he was a billionaire. <laughs> I was like, is they like they wanted like the set dressing for that state to be like wacky? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was he was he was he was an eccentric billionaire like you know Oliver Queen or Bruce Wayne. <laughs> he was he's a contemporary of them. Um, but uh, yeah, they they go down and they see uh, the Blue Beetle um, shit. Yeah, uh, they discover that Ted Cord was the original Blue Beetle. Fucking Rudy has a goddamn hard on about him. Calls Batman a fascist. Sure, um, <laughs> I mean he does. Yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't respect Rudy's opinion. <laughs> um, Ted, all of Ted's uh, gear is like a bunch of '80s artifacts. Like one of his one of his weapons is literally just a Nintendo Power Glove. Yeah. Once again, like he went dis- he he went missing in two thousand and eight. Yeah. Two thousand and eight. All right. If he was active for ten years as Blue Beetle. That would be 1998. Yeah. Um, so if he was active for 15 years, maybe he has a power glove. Why he didn't upgrade that technology in 15 years, like in the time before he went missing, that's weird as shit. Um, and also, the, one of the few things is, uh, we don't like to discuss these things before we actually get down and review them. I had to ask Pat, I was like, I was like, the one thing that I think I know about Ted Cord 
is that he's a completely non-lethal hero. Yep. Like, all of his gadgets are kind of, like, wacky things to, like, non-lethally take people down. And Pat goes, yeah, that's exactly his thing. He's like, he's Batman without the brood. And I said, okay, that's what I thought, is that he was just kind of, like, a a fun-loving character who doesn't really want to hurt anybody, but he just wants to stop crime. Um... Would he have a wall full of Gatling guns? <laughs> and, and and Pat had to tell me no. No. And uh, so that ain't what he's... In this movie, he has wacky shit combined with high-powered weaponry that he just put some neon lights on. <laughs> they didn't say, like, oh, th- these are non-lethal Gatling bullets. Yeah. A thing that I would laugh at and be like, that doesn't... No. Uh, I'll buy Alien Scarab from another planet. I'm not buying non-lethal Gatling bullets. Uh, I'm sorry. No sale. I'd be willing to buy it if they had bothered to say it. They don't, though. Um, Like, you know, because Tekor's iconic weapon is the the BB gun. uh, Short for Blue Beetle Gun. Yeah. Uh, But it is, like, basically basically this, this sonic, you know, uh, you know, science gun that will knock a person out. Um, I knowing that his, knowing that his iconic weapon is a gun. If you had bothered to say these are like all non-lethal implements that he has made original, they don't. They literally just open it yeah. up and it's just a bunch of guns. Yeah, they they play it off like you know, like, like they're killing people with these shots. Um. But that's 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 still jumping a little ahead of ourselves. Um, you, you see, like uh, the beetle lair. Um, Rudy goes and boots up the computer, um, and is like, "Hey, it's gonna take me a little while to get this kind of this shit figured out." You two kids go off and almost have sex. So they go off, and that's where in the spoiler-free re- review I mentioned that like she talks about how because uh, she talks about how Jaime's house is full of love. She's like she she basically says uh, she says exactly. Um, my house is full of cool stuff, but I grew up very lonely here. Uh, your house was actually full of love, and she's like almost in tears as she's saying this. Um, there are there is like like painted portraiture of her mother around who they, died when she was six. Do they ever say how old Jenny is? Uh, she is also supposed to be like tw- she's twenty three. Jenny is twenty three. They do say that in the movie. She okay so Ted. They said Ted disappeared 15 years ago, right? Yes. Okay, she was, that mean, that she, was, she eight. was eight. Yes. Her mother died when she was six. Six. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, um, and then, like like I said, James, uh, Jaime uh, says, like, three lines to her, and then all of a sudden she's DTF, and then once again we get another, like, Rudy comes in, interrupts, and we get another boner joke. Um, in a movie that just really wanted them. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, they 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 learn that that uh, you can't remove the scarab without killing the host. Yes. Uh, Jaime takes this news very very poorly. By the way, something I want to point out, just because it's something I noticed, um, when they do the escape from. Uh, when they when they go and do the the mission to get Jenny and then take Jenny to go get uh, the key and all of that, all of that is at nighttime. When they get to the mansion, it's daytime. Yep. When uh, when Jaime flies off to rescue his family, is back nighttime. Uh, I was gonna say when Jaime just goes on the walk to like get his ship together, it's nighttime. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like, they spent a day at that mansion. A full-ass day. Um, and, uh, really feels like we missed out on a lot that could have, like, happened if the movie wanted to actually be interesting or do any type of genuine exploration. Um, but, as, uh, we're, we, that's, we, we ain't got time to think we're on to the next, uh, you know, piece of shit scene. Um, as, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Vicky, uh, is sending her men to the uh, Reyes family home because uh, she wants that she wants that scarab and she knows that uh, Jaime has it. And apparently, people can't just record off their fucking cell phones and expose this nonsense to be going down. A thing that has actually been made a point in other DC movies, uh, Marvel movies too, but DC movies. People will record things that happen off their cell phones like they do in the real world and try to expose people. Yeah. Um, but no, you can you can just have your group of hired goons bust into a home like they're ICE um, and, you know, have a family face down in the street with assault weapons everywhere. Even though, like, they, they make the claim that, like, oh, she owns the police, but these aren't the police that are taking them down. No, these are these, these are, are her, her, her guys. Yeah. Like, they are Cord Industries people. Um, just another thing the movie just didn't think through or didn't want to actually deal with the actual real-world-like stakes, even though they want to make a bunch of real-world comparisons. And they talk about gentrification in the movie, uh, too. Um, um, which and they, impl- and they imply that, like, the people uh, that are in their section are very, like, a close-knit community, and they've always been a close-knit community. And you don't see any evidence of that at all until the very, very, like, last three minutes in the movie. Um, because apparently these people were not even willing to... Co- they weren't even willing to turn on their lights and look out their doors to see uh, what was happening to the Reyes family. Um, but um, when Jaime noticed... Like, when Jaime and Rudy and all them notice the helicopter flying off towards Jaime's house... They immediately put together what's going on, and um, and I'm only bringing this this scene up and going back to to talk about it because uh, Jaime realizes he has to like endanger himself to activate the scarab, and so he like does this jump uh, off of the suicide building. Suicide dive. Uh, well, kind of. The thing is, he does the exact jump that Billy Batson does at the end of Shazam when he act when he like finally embraces being Shazam. It's oh. it's almost it's like the exact same pose and everything, like they ripped off their own movie for a moment that was not nearly as powerful. Like he just jumps off the roof of a house, uh, in Shazam. Yeah, because um, I thought it was like jumps off a, off like an office building or something. He jumps off an apartment building. Oh, okay. Um, it's when he goes to go be with his real family. I I, I didn't ever see the original Shazam, hmm. uh, but it's like. Uh, but I remember the shot from the trailers. Yeah. Uh, Billy had just spent like uh, a big scene with his mom, who he finally found. It's like the thing he's doing through the entire movie, trying to find his mom, and th- to discover heartbreakingly that she intended to lose him. She intentionally left him and abandoned him as a child, and that she's not this good mother and she's this horrible person. And so the people that he was rejecting as his family that have actually been loving him are his real family. So he go- he he embraces being Shazam and flies off to go be with them. Okay. And embraces like it's a really good moment in the movie, um, 
and uh, this movie, which like is almost shot for shot, that like like a retelling of it, um, has none of that stakes. Even though he is flying to go save his family, it's not like it doesn't have the emotional impact because yeah. he hasn't really accepted being Blue Beetle. He's just using the tools at his disposal to help his family. Because also, you know, it's it's not it's not it's not like I don't believe his family's in real danger. I believe they're in real danger. I just don't care if they die. <laughs> Um, um. So he flies in and uh, handles things for about ten minutes. Yep. Uh, and then everything goes horribly awry. Um, while they while the Reyes family was getting drug out, they knocked over a candle, and the entire house went up like kindling. Um. Uh. Uh. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Ignacio. Uh, from the helicopter, um, you know, fires off the 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 claw from Toy Story that grabs on the Blue Beetle and shuts completely him down. completely shuts him fucking down. Once again, it's supposed World to be a destroying super weapon, super weapon, and a claw with a little bit of electricity in it was able to shut him down. Like enough of electricity that it, it like they didn't need like a supercharged pack or anything like that in there. It had like no super source. Yeah. Of, of power. And it's not, once again, if you want to be like, well, you know, it's a high tech blah, 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 blah. They make a point in this movie to talk about how much power the Olmecs draw and how, like, the energy, the energy, like, conservation of blah, blah, blah inside of the Olmecs is an issue. Uh, because when they take the code out of, uh, out of Jaime, uh, out of the Scarab, it's a big deal because the house almost doesn't have enough juice to do it. The 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 the, the fucking like Island fortress, fortress. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have enough juice to do it. Which I just want to point out, y'all are freaking out about this world of strong super weapon. If you can, if if this claw can take it out, this claw that is mounted on the on that can be mounted on a on to a helicopter. Why isn't the military buying the claw? Yeah, the claw seems a much better weapon, and and the claw is going to be really useful if the people that made the scarab ever send another one. Yeah. Um. So I didn't be- I didn't buy it like the entire time. I was like, okay, like no, that this this thing shouldn't be shutting him down. So when Jaime's dad has a heart attack there on the lawn, um, I'm like. This is stupid. This is drama for drama's sake. They literally don't have a good reason to be able to take Jaime down. So they've come up with this really stupid one. That I just... It doesn't feel right in the movie. Um, it's just... it's just I'm not buying it. Which they have legit ways to take Jaime down. Ignacio beat him. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, they're talking about his healing factor. It was like the next day... When like when it's already evening of the next day, you see his wounds heal over his face, because uh, it the sun is clearly going down when he's in the room with uh, Jenny, and mm-hmm. that's when he puts on that uh, that tracksuit. Yeah. Um, and I was like, they, the the wounds like seal over instantly when he's looking at the mirror, and I'm like, that's cool and all. You got that beating 18 hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> Why did it wait that long to just instantly heal you? Was I scared waiting for you to look at the mirror to be like, hey, Jaime, check this shit out? <laughs> well, also all the other bruises on his body were gone. So maybe it healed those first. I, I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, uh, his his father dies there on the lawn. But Jaime doesn't get to see that. He knows his father is down, does not know that he wasn't rescued. Um, Jenny comes in and like calls 911, and we see him die after Jaime's already been taken. And um, and like the paramedics come in, and they try to revive him, and they can't. Yeah. Um, uh, to me, it's very significant that Jaime did not actually get to see his father die. Um, because later on, we'll get into it, but uh, he sees heaven. Yeah. Kind of. It's a scene where DC has an established heaven. But I know where pe- I know in DC where people go when they die. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that scene. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the family, like, gets their shit together and is like, now is not the time to cry. Now is the time to go rescue Jaime. Uh, and I'm like, I don't believe any of this. What makes you think any of you people could do anything about this? Like, this is pure superhero movie logic. Yeah. Like... Y'all are regular-ass folk. You watch them take down the world-destroying weapon with a grappling hook. Like, uh, but they go and they they gather up a bunch of, like, Ted Kord's old shit, including his, uh... The bug ship. The bug ship, which, um, Jaime's sister tags before they fly off, and I don't buy that either. I don't buy that they were there so long that she could make that tag, because she would, like... Because it's a pretty detailed, yeah, like, it's pretty intricate. Yeah, it's a pretty intricate piece that she uh, she does on it that she did on the fly. Also, like, because they had never established her as being into like graffiti art. Yeah, like this wasn't a major part of her character. She's not Miles fucking Morales. Like, she just does this in an instant, and it's like clean, no drip, like well, well, well done. And uh, I was just like, nope, I don't buy that either. Yeah. You've not done anything to establish this as a thing that could happen. Um, she she didn't even have those fucking spray cans with her when they left. Like, Ted Cord wouldn't have had them just laying around. Uh, or if he had them laid around, they'd all be blue! That, yes. They wouldn't be like the purple and yellow that, that she was using. Um, so, they fly off on the Beetle ship, uh, on the Bug ship. Yeah. And while they're while they're game planning how they're gonna assault the fortress, uh, they reveal that uh, Nana Reyes was a revolutionary back in the day. Yes, um, and uh, and she keeps like smugly like smiling while she has the uh, Gatling gun, and um, and the whole thing's supposed to be a joke, and it's actually just kind of unsettling. Like I never thought that that bit was funny. A because it's obvious if it's a joke. And B, because um, you already made a point in the movie about how, like, the hired help can be invisible to people who think they're better than them. And then you go, you storm this island to then, like, mow down the hired help. Once again, they're not, they're mooks. There's a sliding scale of mooks. But also, I feel like we're in late stage capitalism. You get, you take the jobs you get. Uh, No, you don't have to take the job of gun down immigrant family. I I late stage capitalism. I uh, you take down you take the jobs you can get. Yeah, no. Um, you you can you can choose you you can choose whether or not you pull that trigger. You you didn't lose free will as a human being. 
Uh, I mean, even uh, American soldiers uh, like like don't act, typically fire at the people they're firing at. Like they actually typically fire above their heads. Like that, that's just like the psychology of it. Like they're there to be bodies. Um, most people don't actually like just go for kill shots. Yeah, but these guys were. Because we could see where they were aiming. With their all, their all, they all had fucking red dot sights. Yeah. Um, but like once again, like it's not like the turtles movie where we we're actually we actually get it from like the those guys' perspective, like from um, ACRL or whatever the place was called. TCRI. TCRI. Uh, we're, we're they're literally told like or the mooks are literally told, hey, these are mutants. They're dangerous. Um, they're bad. We need to go in there and stop them. So, like, you get from their perspective, like, yeah, sure, their bosses are evil and stuff like that. But to those guys, like, hey, they were just told that these things are mutants and they're, they're dangerous. And, like, even just like that, hey, one line, you've established something. Um, they never spend that one line to just say, like, oh, these are her brainwashed paramount. Because uh, Monica actually brought I didn't the say point. brainwashed. I just said evil. No, Monica actually was like, well, what if they were, like, supposed to be those children that, that, that they had kidnapped or whatever? And I was like, that's worse. That's so much worse if these were, like, the, uh, the like, children that she had been, like, snatching from villages and were now using as part of her thing, and now they're being gunned down. Yeah. Like, the fuck, like, all the genome soldiers I killed in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid, a game that actually will reward you for not killing anybody. Yeah, but I ain't got that type, I ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> I'm sorry, the stealth playthrough is not a good movie. I'm just saying that when Jaime changes his fist into, because uh, he swords. had when he changes, oh, when he changes his fist swords, into, warhammers, maces. Yes, he's when he's doing that to take on the soldiers. When he already had the very non-lethal um, blowgun method of just like blowing the guys away, instead he gets right up in their asses and makes it personal. Yeah, because me blasting your full body through a brick wall isn't going to kill you either. It knocks them off their feet. Um, they weren't really flying through brick walls. And, yes. They were cratering into cars. They got on run. Look, they're supposed, these are supposed to be the non-lethal options. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, like, one of them seems much more aggressively non-lethal than the others. Oh, once they got to the fortress, I think the no-kill rule went out the window. <laughs> I think they forgot they wrote that line. Uh, it's not surprising. Uh, Nana, Nana literally gleefully laughs as she mows down people. Oh well, when they're when they're when they're heading heading there in the bug ship, they crash into the place. Um, uh, Rudy has to has to make the you know the bug walk, and it's stomping and impaling through a guy, and they are laughing about it in the inside the bug. Yeah. Um, another thing that just like once again, like me and Pat are not going to agree on the sli- the the sliding scale of uh, mook morality, um, but. Uh, I think there are mooks that you can feel, uh, you know, sympathetic towards, like uh, the the stormtroopers in the in the Star Wars sequels, uh, episode seven, eight, nine. You can feel bad for them. They're child. They're they were stolen child soldiers. Um, you know, now you on the flip side, just keeping the Star Wars, four, five, and six. No, you 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 chose to you worked on a you worked on a on a space station called Death Star. <laughs> You at least saw it fired once. Put yeah. in for a transfer. 
Yeah, America does that same level of shit. But we don't call them Death Stars. <laughs> Look, uh, well, actually, we, we, we do have some pretty fucking uh, awful names for a lot of our technologies. We do. But until until I, until somebody shows me the picture of like the of the skull face space station that we have <laughs> with eye lasers aimed down, <laughs> I'm gonna assume that that we haven't gone full on mask off supervillain. Uh, that's most of the rest of the world. They'll tell you that we're pretty mask off supervillain. Um, like by uh, by the standard. Oh no! Like, see, because th- at that point. At, at that point, we've stopped lying to ourselves. Because, <laughs> like, by the UN's uh, definition, like, uh, the established uh, definition for democracy, America doesn't even qualify. We no longer qualify as a democracy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, so, um, yeah. The, do we qualify as a war cult? Um, we, d- we do commit a lot of, like... Um, uh, we, we break the Geneva, Geneva Convention a lot, mm-hmm. like to the point where I think it's only because we're America and we have such military strength that we're just not being stopped. Um, we, we're the baddies, like America's the baddies. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I have plenty of friends who were soldiers because they were just like, "Hey, it was the job, and like it was a way to like get myself out of poverty," and I didn't realize exactly how bad it was going to be. <laughs> Because we we spent a lot of mo- we spent a lot of money making it seem really cool to be a soldier here in America. Oh, I, I remember. Um, I remember those marine commercials of the guy climbing a mountain and swinging a sword at a lava golem. <laughs> <laughs> they used to play that before movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. Uh, uh, Jaime is attached to the thing that's supposed to transfer the code, whatever that fucking means, to the Omec, including the thousands of Omecs that are stored inside the building. Um, which they forget about. I'm going to go ahead and say this. The, the thing was clearly designed to transfer the code inside the building, and then late, at the end of the movie, um, uh, Vicky's like, Oh, it's fine that uh, Omek was de- uh, was defeated by the Blue Beetle because I have all of, I have the code on this device uh, that gets destroyed. But it's like, well, no, it's also on all of those other um, things, right? It's on the other uh, fucking back like Amer Amerascarabs that you had, like or whatever they whatever the machine is called when it's just by itself, like. It was on all of those too, right? Because we made a whole big deal about how much energy it was taking and how it was killing Jaime to do this. Yeah. And they were in a bunker underground. Like, if these things are taking cars being thrown at them and stuff like that, like they got to be pretty hardy. So whatever like like technology they have, like whatever CPU is inside of them, uh, there's a lot of them. There's a good chance one of them probably survived, right? That's probably a thing worth checking into. No, no. As long as it, as long as she had that one thing, that was all she needed. Because the movie writes things and then just forgets them like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um. So Jaime goes on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> Jaime, uh, as he as he lay dying, um, sees his father, and they basically have the. Uh, uh, they rip off Black Panther. I was gonna say I was gonna say they rip they rip off uh, Guardians three. 
Yes, uh, it felt more Black Panther to me just because of how surreal the outside world was. Uh, I was just going to say, because, like, you know, it, he, they pretty much full-on just have, I forgot what the damn otter lady's name was. Something. Yeah. I forgot. Well, like, where she goes, like, oh, it's not it's not yet your time. Yeah. Um, Either way, um, he Jaime never saw his dad die, but somehow gets confirmation that he died in this vision. Which is a, once again, if, if the movie just had a little bit more, a little bit more balls, that uh, that this was a complete fabrication, and that this was just uh, the scarab uh, uh, sub, uh, subverting his consciousness. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. Um, and instead, it ha- it does this weird like the birth of like uh, the the birth of man or the genesis of man, whatever the the picture of like Adam and God touching fingers. Yeah, it does that for the fucking for Jaime and the scarab instead. Which guys, we've we've got to back off the Christian fucking like visuals uh, in superhero movies. I mean, to be fair, his family is very Catholic. True, but like DC in particular likes its uh, its heroes to fall with their arms spread wide in a cross form. Yeah. I'm not saying Marvel's not um, not guilty of this too. Looking at you, Spider-Man Two, but uh, uh, but it's just you know that one was a little weird. Um, so uh, he wakes up. Um, well, the entire time that this is happening, um, uh, Jose keeps telling um, uh, Vicky that. Like, hey, this is killing him. This is killing him. It's not right. We shouldn't be doing this. Like, he's kind of like, like very like mealy mouth protesting. Like, I don't really like we should be doing this. Was she like, you know, in a better written movie, she would turn. Dude, how did you get this job? <laughs> Why is he still there? Like, she never knows his name. Like, this is like, like it's a running thing throughout the entire movie that she always gets his name wrong. She calls him Sanchez, and uh, and apparently he's like their number one scientist, but. I, I, I would rather if she just if she kept getting his if she it'd be fine if she kept his name wrong if she kept calling him different Hispanic names. <laughs> you think that'd be better? Sanchez. Like she went full Doctor Cox. Martinez. Like she kept going. Like she went full Doctor so- uh, Doctor Cox from Shrubs. Yeah. Um, but just calling JD different girls' names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like. He he does not fight her at any point, even when they're like, okay, his his vitals are spiking, he's about to die, and he doesn't pull the plug on this. Well, um, Jaime like um, manages to like persevere with the scarab, and uh, and that's when like the family like lets off a bunch of bombs, and Jaime's able to escape. And then that moment, he runs out and he pushes the code for the door so Jaime can get out of there. And uh, she's like, Sanchez, what are you doing? And he's like, my name isn't Sanchez, it's. And it's like, oh, this is his redeeming moment. No. No, it's not. Fuck you, movie. Fuck you. I hated this bit so goddamn bad. His redeeming moment is reviving him before he would have fucking died. He does not get to see the miracle happen and then go, oh, maybe I'm the baddie. Like, no, no. Like, he was tested. He was tested and he He failed. failed. He was tested on his like on where his morality uh, ended and began, and it didn't. And he was willing to let Jaime die. Jaime lived by freak circumstances, and then he decided to help him out anyway because the tides were changing. 
because like Jaime was already escaping anyway, um, and he decided now was the time to do the good thing. No, no, no. Like he doesn't get to be remembered. He doesn't get to be his name. He gets to be fucking Sanchez. Um, and then like uh, he has a moment. Like him and, and Jaime have a moment. Like when he closes the door and they're looking at each other through the window through the window of the door. And, like, they share this moment where they both kind of smile at each other. As if Jaime even knows who this fucking guy is. Um, and then, all of a sudden, he's skewered uh, by Omek. And it's like, good. And then Jaime screams. Like, once again, he knew who this guy was. And then Jaime reacts to it as if, like, a terrible thing has happened. Um, this character didn't earn that. Jaime didn't know him. There's nothing between those two characters. Um, Outside of the fact that they're both brown. Yes, and this was not this was not a, uh, a moment of solidarity. No, like that move. That dude spent this movie showing you that not all uh, Kim folk, uh, all not all skin folk or Kim folk, like didn't like was literally let him die, literally let him fucking die, and then um, decided to help him out after the fact. Fuck him. He deserves to be Sanchez. This was one of the, like the high points of the movie. I literally threw my arms up. And wanted to walk out of the theater. Like. So, uh, Jaime runs, he makes it back to his, uh, some hallway so Granny can have her Gatling gun scene. Where she laughs and screams, like, die Imperialists. Yeah. Uh, cause, you know, Granny, Granny used to fight, you know, the cartels back in the day. Um, you know, it's been, it's been far too long since she smelled, uh, spilled blood and gun smoke. Um, they make it back to the bug, to the bug ship. Um, uh, the uh, his sister and Jenny are still in the in the complex. So his mom says, "Go back and get him, but have your shit work now." And the scarab heard that and internalized it on a very real level. <laughs> um, like uh, the 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 skin the skin the the uh, not I almost called it the skin folk. Uh, the scarab. Um, well. <laughs> The scare became skin, skin folk at that point because it also starts speaking Spanish to 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 Jaime. Yep, and internalizes all of Jaime's morals. Um, uh, so so now Jaime is able to fight perfectly as a scarab. He rescues his sister, gets her back to the ship. Um, what's the name? Victoria captures Jenny. Um, um, and then, like, the true battle between Blue and Red Scarab begin. Yeah. Uh, Jaime faces off with Omek. Um, yeah, Jaime wins. Um, like, well, uh, is about is about to uh, to kill him. Hold on. Okay. I want to bring something up. So, Jaime's already seen Omek kill his dad, essentially. Once again, he didn't see the moment, but, like, he was, he was there for, like, like he, uh, Omek like, was, Omek was dragging him away as his dad lay dying. Yeah, Omek was responsible. Um, uh, during the fight, um, there's another moment of your family makes you weak, and Rudy distracts Omek by throwing rocks at him, and then gets blasted away for all intents and purposes, dying. Yeah. If the movie had any balls, but it doesn't. And that's when uh, Jaime goes into like full rage, but mode, um, uh, hulks out and ends up defeating Omek and tries to go to kill him. Uh, I'm going to cut a lot of things real short real, real quick real here because uh, I'm going to like get to the point of this. Um, the Scarab tells him, no, we're not killers and that killing is wrong. Now, yes, 
uh, Ignacio had a, a terrible past. But he did spend his life as a killer. He did kill a lot of people. He's responsible. There's a lot of red in his ledger. Yeah. Um, even if he was manipulated into doing it. But um, the, 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 the scarab basically, you know... It some some part of some part of 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 the the Omax imprinted on it or it imprinted onto Omax some part copied or blah 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 because all because it also has rip off Matrix, um, you know and she and the Scarab is able to pull um, Ignacio's sob story and play that in play that for Jaime. Yeah, but so like I said, we see that, but he still killed a lot of people, and to Jaime. He's still he's still responsible for at least killing his uncle, but also like should be responsible for killing his dad. Like there are two people who he's personally killed, um, but decides to let him go uh, because killing would be wrong. Omek gets up, walks over to Vicky, and then activates his self destruct and then drags her into fire to kill her. Um, once again. And, um, and Blue Beetle just kind of sits there and watches it happen. Yeah, because it's okay if she dies. And she's a villain. She's a bad person. She gleefully murdered, like, uh, children. Um, but, like, there's not a sliding scale of good and bad. Like, uh, in the end, her intentions, his intentions, none of it matters. They've killed people. Like, they've both killed people. And they both killed a lot of people. Why is it that, like, it's okay... Like, he doesn't deserve to die for some reason, but she does deserve to die. Like, why is and, he... And, 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 you know, it's important that he makes restitution via suicide, not by, you know, turning state's evidence. Yeah. Like why? Why is it that her 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 penalty has to be death and not like she loses everything? Because the thing that was important to her wasn't her life; it was Court Industries. Like the thing that would be devastating to her isn't being dragged off and killed. It would be the disgrace of you know her her entire public image being destroyed, and then you know just being sent off to jail. Because uh, the thing, another thing about like uh, Vicky Cord that needs to be noted is, is that. She voices all of the commercials. They don't hire an actor. When you walk into Court Industries, it's Vicky's voice that welcomes you. That is how narcissistic she is. When you see the presentations, she didn't hire somebody else to come in and do voice work. She decided that her, a businesswoman, is a perfect VO actress who can do all of this herself. She did that for her building. Like... That's work. Like it's actually work to do VO work, and uh, she's so narcissistic that she was like, "No, no, no! I'm going to do this myself." That is Shawn Michaels as the Heartbreak Kid level of bullshit. Yeah. Like we're like you know you sing a song about how sexy you are in your own untrained singing voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like people forget that like because they're they're so used to it that that was always a joke of like the Heartbreak Kid being a narcissist. Yeah. Um, the fact that like, he recorded his own song, like, and that's what she's doing. So, like, it's it's very childish to be like, well, she got killed, so good, she lost. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not the worst thing that could have happened to her. Yeah, like, and I'm not sitting here being like, well, she needs to be tortured. I'm saying like, literally, like, the, the the thing that that would really be devastating 
is for Jenny to take the company, make it 100% like a charitable uh, organization again. Because these, you know, morally duplicitous billionaires that, you know, our real world is so full of, they don't fear death. Yeah. They fear consequences. Like, you, like you, you, you beat these people by dragging all their shit into the light. Yeah. Like, Donald Trump is, is almost 80 years old. He knows he's going to die soon. Yeah. Like, the fear of death isn't probably what's keeping him up. The fear of dying in jail is probably what keeps him up right now. Um, because, like, that means that he got to live to see his legacy be completely destroyed. Yeah. Like, that is what would have been satisfying to me, the viewer. Now, admitted, I'm an older man who, like, has now watched a lot of billionaires get away with shit over the years. But still, would have been very, like, in, if you're telling a modern day superhero story, that's how you, that's how the villains, like, get it. Like, we've seen the billionaires die before. We saw Obadiah Stane kick off the MCU by dying. Like, we're, we're, we're past that now. Like, now, now it should be, like, a, something a lot more emotionally resonant, uh, resonant with 2023's crowd, not 2008's. Oh my god. <laughs> I just realized that Iron Man started in 2008 at yep. Ted Cord. I don't know if that is a significant thing. It definitely feels like it at this moment. Maybe I've talked myself into a hysteria. I don't know. It just feels like one more thing they ripped off. <laughs> but um, but to bring this bitch to a close, uh, they have the funeral for uh, Jaime's dad. Uh, the whole neighborhood comes out with Tupperware uh, uh, food for them. They to, still don't have a house, like for their burned down house. But they, cl- uh, but um, Jenny says that she bought Rudy a new truck and that they, she's bought the house. They, I, I don't remember her saying that they that she said, she said she was going to buy the. She said she was going to pay to have their house rebuilt. Okay, so I, I couldn't remember that. I thought she just said like she she bought the house for I, them. I can only hope that she also gave arranged living arrangements for the interim. Yes. Um and. This seems like an incredibly charitable act until you realize that, like, this is, like, the pocket change. Like, uh, this is, like, the, the change in her fucking motorcycle seats Yeah. Uh, for this woman. Like, a, a problem she could have, like, easily solved. I mean, it was a nice thing to do. That's yeah. Not, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not completely pollute a good deed. Um, but, uh, but now, like, they're, they're back, like, uh, the court industries is... is like they even like declare that they're not going to be gentrifying the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they publicly declare that, um, while also like hiding Vicky's misdeeds. Like they they explicitly say in like the one brief little second of like an interview she's giving, she's like, "Oh yes, the terrible tragedy that just occurred on uh, my aunt's island." Yeah. Like once again, so her her she does get to go living as if like uh, she wasn't the piece of shit that she was. Her legacy does get to be um, maintained. Fuck this goddamn movie. Jaime, uh, Jaime and her actually finally make out. The suit literally talks about the blood in his dick, and then they fly away. Yeah. Mid-credits uh, sequence. Um, the computer in, uh, in Ted's lab uh, like comes to life, and you see like a, a man inside of it... Um, uh, being like, hey, can you get a message to Jenny Cord? Do d- uh, you have to talk to Jenny Cord? Ted Cord is alive. Ted Cord is alive. 
Um, but he, he's, he's putting a lot on the presumed uh, capabilities of a girl that he last saw when she was eight. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a final, like, st- like if you watch the entire credits, um, when when Rudy had hijacked the signals to the court industries so that like they could sneak in and get the key, uh, a little cartoon plays, and that cartoon plays in full at the end of the credits. Um, the, the, the joke bit that they created for the movie um, gets to be the fucking joke that they leave the movie on. It sucks. Uh, yeah. Like... Man, I mean, it's, not, it's, I, it's not good. I feel the same way about it that I felt about the fucking Avengers musical and Hawkeye. I like the Avengers musical. Yeah, to me they're the same. <laughs> oh. Oh. And it exists in the real world now. Both of them? No, the uh the Avengers musical. Oh. It 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 at like one of the uh Mar- one of the Disney things like you can go and see Rogers the musical now. It's like a one act play, but still. Praying for that meteor. <laughs> so yeah, I, so, mean, I can do this all day. So that almost threw up on my laptop. Um, so now that we've gone through the movie like twice, um, is your is your? Feeling? I was building <laughs> anger by the end of this. I am I have not calmed down. I'm glad I was able to get through it as much as I did. Without just like literally spiking the mic because I was screaming. Yeah, um, I had no expectations going into this movie. Um, let me tell you that I had mild expectations because I thought Gunn had influence on this. Um, but even those false expectations, this only disappointed me. Um, like uh. They they could have just not made this movie. Nobody <laughs> nobody was making them. Nobody had a gun to their head. Um, the fact that this came out and Batgirl died um, bewilders me. Yeah. 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 Um, just out uh, outside of just you know just straight up old Hollywood sexism. Like, look, like, I know that for a lot of people this is a big deal. Like, this is, this was the first, like, Hispanic-led major um, superhero movie. Um, and that people, like, there were definitely people who were excited to see this. To get to see a little bit diver- uh, a little bit of diversity. But this feels like such a lowball effort. It's actually almost insulting that this is the first, like, Hispanic-led superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, like, with, like, with Black Panther... Yeah, it was the first black-led superhero movie, but also it was also a really good superhero movie. Yeah. Like, this really feels like you're serving the Mexicans table scraps. Yeah. Um, like, like this doesn't feel like it was. It had the market push. It had the drive. Like, like nobody was wearing all white to go see this movie. And, or all blue. Yeah. Like, no, none of that shit was happening for this movie. Um... And yet on TikTok, I keep seeing people talk about how this is like the best superhero movie in a long time, and I'm like, you people are just have forgotten that like, like it feels like when I I, I said this to Pat, that this feels like people uh, who complained about like superhero movies all being origin movies, um, just got hungry for origin movies again because the last one we got was like Shang Chi, 
and uh, and you know we've been kind of doing sequels of movies for so long. Yeah. And Pat was like, "Well, Shang Chi was recent." And it was like, no, "Shang Chi was like 2020. <laughs> it's like four years old." Like a kid who started high school as a, as a as a freshman would be graduating. I gotta stop. I gotta stop measuring periods of my life by high school careers. <laughs> it hurts now. Um, yeah. Uh, this was uh this was our review of uh Blue Beetle. Um, uh, uh, final final verdict is the same as the spoiler free review. Don't bother. Fuck this movie. Um, like this is uh this this was a this was a hundred million that they could have bought. I would rather I would rather they have just bought a hundred million dollars worth of Beatles. Um, and I would have rather that. I would have rather they'd spent this money and uh, put it to the WGA, um, and uh, been like just passed around the scripts and been like, hey, don't write this. Yeah. Um, just don't, don't, don't bother. Just if, if, if you feel like you gotta wait till it comes on some type of streaming, you won't have to wait long and then just be drunk. Yeah. Um, or, or, ha- or be invite, imbibe some type of mind altering substance. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. you'll know when it kicks in cause uh, blue beetle will crash into a car. Oh, okay. Um, you found us. This is Capricorn Podcast. You found us pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Um, let us know what you thought of, uh, you know, Blue Beetle, the movies ripped off, or mind-altering substances. Um, we're not picky. Um, uh, I was your host, Patrick. Co-host, Jared. Say bye, Jared. I want to go back to the mirror dimension. <laughs> and we will catch you next time. Peace.